In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Liber Cristo War College. Welcome. Welcome to Latte War College. <laughs> never gets old. But you know what? The A-team never gets old, right? <laughs> I love never it. Gets old. Human else never gets old. The gospel well, of Jesus Christ never that, gets old. That's right. right. Never. Never. Well, Woe to us if, if, if we forsake the fire of the Lord and proclaiming the gospel. Woe amen. to us. I think St. Augustine said uh, that, the, that the gospel is God's word is forever old, forever new. Ever ancient, ever new, exactly. Ever ancient, ever new, exactly. And we're only going to we're only going to bring fire upon earth, Jess, by proclaiming the ancient gospel, that which was believed always, everywhere, by everyone. The Saint Saint Vincent of Lorenz, the Vincenzan Canon, going back to the deposit of faith. Amen. And uh, today's the feast day of Saint John Chrysostom. Golden mouth, pray for us. Yeah. there's a couple things we're going to talk about today, John. Uh, uh, John, John Snyder is my my cousin from the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Um, so the, the that first was another thing, great '80s show. Yeah. The first thing I want to talk about, and because uh, we got some videos for the second, third, and fourth segment, uh, and so the the, the videos are being uh, queued up right now. But Dan, the first thing I want to talk about, and it it is disconcerting that we just had World Youth Day over in Lisbon, Portugal. And there was actually a, uh, a Portuguese cardinal on World Youth Day that says, we don't want to convert young people to Christ. I'm saying, uh, I mean, what planet yeah. am I living in? Is this bizarro world? Has, has planet Earth been turned upside down? Since when did we start saying as Catholic Christians that we don't convert young people to Jesus Christ? All I... All I can say to that cardinal, with all due respect, is say what St. Paul said to the Galatians. Who has bewitched you, O foolish Galatians? Yeah. Now, here's what he said. And this is in the uh, Catholic, uh, Catholic World Report. Uh, we don't want to convert young people to Christ or to the Catholic Church or anything like that at all, says uh, Bishop Americo Aguiar, the head of the world. He, this was the head of the World Youth Day. Um, and he will, he will be created by a cardinal. Created, given, he's given the red cap by Pope Francis. Uh, in, in September. Here's also what he says. Um, we, want it to, we want it to be normal for a young Catholic Christian to say and bear witness to who he is, or for a young Muslim Jew or another religion also to have no problem saying who he is and, be and bearing witness to it, and for a young person who has no religion and to feel welcome and perhaps not feel strange for thinking a different way. Mm. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Dan, this I, is this is this is a betrayal of 2000 years of Catholic Christianity given to us by Jesus Christ of the Great Commission. This is what it is. And and this yeah. is what we call modernism. Front and center, just take a look at this. This is exhibit A. This is modernism, the mother of all heresies. No, you exactly you're exactly right. The, modernism is the summation of all heresies. 
And and one of the heresies that that cycled in and out was is the heresy of universal salvation that that comes and goes out of out of out of out of in and out of fashion. The idea that everyone is saved, uh, contrary to scripture and tradition, that is only by the name of Jesus, only through the intercession of Jesus are we saved. And Saint Paul uh, to the Philippians, every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we were. And some sort of ecumenical spirit of the universal brotherhood of humanity, and we're losing sight of the fact that the church was sent out to make disciples of all nations. This is a, a quote from John Paul II. Um, a letter, let me see, this is a, a letter from John Paul II for priest, 1998. Okay. Um, On the evening of Easter, the risen Jesus said to the apostles, gathered in the upper room, receive the Holy Spirit. And after promising another outpouring, he sent them out on the roads of the world, entrusted with the salvation of their brothers and sisters. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always to the close of the age. That's the Great Commission of Matthew 28. So we see in the church, you've got prelates in the church saying, we don't make disciples. We shouldn't make disciples. <laughs> and then we see this other other kind of extreme in the church saying that that uh, lay people need to be doing all the work and not evangelizing. So you have, you have an, again, we talk about many, many times. The point of authority is to provide and to protect. That's the twofold ends of authority. The temptation is always to usurp. To abdicate and usurp. This is a clear abdication of of the right entrustment of the office of authority that 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 uh, a priest or bishop, in this case, soon to be cardinal, would say that. And I and, I'm, and I don't want to be critical of the hierarchy of the church, but we're just talking. Um, when when as a theologian, I will tell you that this is this is this is um, uh, this is false to say that the church does not want to evangelize young people. <laughs> Here's an, the article also says. Uh, <clears throat> We don't want to convert the young people to Christ or to the Catholic Church or anything like that at all, Aguiar, uh, Cardinal Aguiar continued. We want it to be normal for a young Catholic. Okay, you read that. The next paragraph. Yeah. The, the prelates stressed that it's important that we all understand that differences are a richness and the world will be objectively better if we are capable of placing in the hearts of all young people this certainty of fratelli tutti. Brothers all that the Pope has made an enormous effort so that, his, so that this enters the hearts of all. Pope Francis' encyclical Fratelli Tutti was published October 4th, 2020. It is the third of his pontificate and is dedicated to fraternity and social friendship. World Youth Day was instituted by Pope John Paul II in 1985. It's always been an opportunity for young people from all over the world to personally encounter Christ and choose to give themselves completely to a service in the priesthood or in consecrated life. <clears throat> On August 19th, uh, at, at 2000, at World Youth Day in Rome, in the great year of the great in the year of the great jubilee, Pope John Paul II called young people the morning watchmen and reminded them that by saying yes to Christ, you say yes to all your noblest ideals. I pray that He will reign in your hearts and in all of humanity in the new century and the new millennium. Have no fear of entrusting yourself to him. He will guide you. He will grant you the strength to follow him every day and in every situation. Dan, the last two pontificates and uh, and everybody that surrounded them in the Roman Curia, they were very clear <clears throat> about the Great Commission and uh, nothing's changed. 
but we seem to be deviating right now under this pontificate and under his Roman Curia. <clears throat> but um, when you go back to just sacred scripture, and let's not forget that Dave Urban 24 says that sacred, sacred, all sacred theology, all theology is taken from sacred scripture. All theology is taken from sacred scripture. And it says that the magisterium also, Dave Verbum says that the magisterium is at the service of the word of God. It's not above the word of God. So, you know, a cardinal, a cardinal in, 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 in a Portuguese cardinal, just because he has the red hat, doesn't have the power and authority to your 2000 years of the Great Commission. I'm sorry. He's just wrong. Yeah, no, the, 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 the hierarchy that the, 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 the Christ has entrusted to the magisterium to safeguard and to hand down faithfully to each generation. This is the language of the, of the day verbum, the second Vatican council, the word of God. And so part of the, the inner logic of the movement of God and the church, uh, continuing in the Holy spirit, the words and deeds of Jesus Christ, right? Safeguarding the gospel, the deposit of faith is a principle going all the way back to St. Irenaeus in the second century, the principle of divine condescension. The Greek word is sun katabasis, that God lowers, uh, uh, he lowers himself to be with us. The incarnation is the ultimate uh, uh, condescension, it's the Latin word condescensio, the sun katabatis in Greek. He lowers himself to where we are, but he doesn't stop there. He lowers himself to where we are to raise us up to where he is. So he enters into the human, into, into humanity, taking on the flesh. And then Saint Saint Irenaeus, doctor of the church, says that what God has not redeemed, what God has not assumed, he has not redeemed. The converse is what he has assumed, he has redeemed. He redeemed all aspects of humanity, but he doesn't just redeem it by lowering himself into it. He raises us up to share in the divine life. And part of that is, uh, of course, the part and parcel of the gospel, the lowering the Christ, the word lowers himself to where we are. We, the church, should be going into the nations to bring the gospel, not just to 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 syncretize the gospel and make it palatable for the nations, but to but to bring the nations up, to bring the Gentiles up, to bring all creation and, and divinize all creation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the second half of Suncatapatis is anabasis, the going up, bringing the going. God enters into human history, lowers himself to us and through the cross and resurrection raises us up that we now participate in divine life. And the gospel is that very thing that we enter into the life of Jesus Christ through an encounter with Jesus Christ, not just not just a, a, an emotional encounter, but a sacramental encounter that at baptism, we now become children of God. This is what St. John says, uh, that yet so we are, that God loves us. We become God's children, First, First John 3, uh, um, that he loved us to that extent that we now have the innate interiority, the ontological reality of the mark of Christ. This is absolutely critical to evangelization. Dan, I find that an insult to young people to say, well, they can't understand the gospel, so we just better let them stay where they're at. That's an insult. And nobody goes to heaven without going through the door. And that door is Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 7. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And all who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not heed them. I am the door. If anyone enters yeah. by me, he will be saved. And I will go in and out and find pasture. I don't know. That's about as clear as it gets, Dan. Hey, we're going to be talking about next. About the DJ Padre. <laughs> We're going to show you a little vid video of Padre Guillermo Paxcoto, DJ Padre, up next. Got some comments to make about that. Then we're going to look at 
a little small scene from Nefarious. I want to get Dan's analysis of, of the, that scene with the priest. We'll be right back. Wednesday, War College, two-man car, Jess Romero, Dan, Dr. Dan Schneider. <laughs> I want to change gears here. Uh, my, my head is still spinning from the fact that we have a cardinal that says that uh, we don't want to bring young people to Christ. All I can just say is, uh, who has bewitched you, foolish Galatians? Yeah, hold on, Jess. Everything, every, everything the cardinal is saying is, there's an article that came out with, by Church Militant uh, November uh, 2020. Um, he, and they note that Italy's biggest Masonic lodge is eulogizing Pope Francis encyclical Fratelli Tutti. So the, the, he, what he is espousing uh, in, in the little snippets, what this, this cardinal or future cardinal uh, is espousing is, is it's, it's, it's Masonic, Freemasonic secular humanism. That, that it's, and I see this. Sometimes you go to daily mass and you'll see the bumper sticker coexist. At some daily mass communicant, you know mm. that that you know that worked. You know you see that with the different symbols of different religions. Yeah, this is a Freemasonic ideal that that they use to trap people into the lies of Freemasonry. So that was that to be very interesting as well. Yep. Hey, I want to talk now about. <laughs> there's a short little video I want to play. It was put out by Mike, Michael Matt, but he shows what, who we, what we call the DJ Padre, or as we would say it in English, the DJ Padre. It's a video of a Portuguese father, Guillermo Paxcoto. He's known as a DJ Padre. He played for 1.5 million Catholic youth at World Youth Day 2023 in Lisbon, Portugal. And uh, Padre DJ, he also got his headphones blessed from Pope Francis. Uh, as you watch the video, uh, uh, you see all kinds of <laughs> bishops and cardinals walking around. And there's a dancing girl dancing like Salome <laughs> in front of King Herod. Uh, dancing amongst all of these Catholic bishops and cardinals. You got young people wearing devil's horns at another event with the DJ Padre. You got other people dressed like witches. And uh, in another event where the DJ Padre in the video where it shows the background, it's all red and black. It looks like a satanic chapel. And yes, I know what a sat- I know I've seen what a satanic chapel looks like. And that DJ Padre's background looked exactly like a satanic chapel. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? And so I want to use this guy as an example. We're not going to talk World Youth Day. We talked about that last time. But I want to ask you if you recognize this guy, this guy from World Youth Day, Lisbon. Apparently he's a priest. At least he's always wearing his Roman collar. Now, he became an overnight sensation. What is he called? Padre DJ? Yeah, Padre DJ. Super cool. Uh, Overnight sensation during COVID, during a lockdown, because Francis had him to the Vatican and blessed his headphones. Right? This, This Padre DJ. So now Padre DJ plays weekend events most ever since. Mostly they're sort of under 18 raves, whatever a rave is, but that's how they're described, uh, that look a lot like this. So that's what he does on the weekends. This is what Padre DJ did, you'll remember, at World Youth Day. We'll play just a couple seconds of this. Now stop the tape, stop the tape. 
Keep, keeping in mind now, <laughs> keeping in mind, this should be because I know, I know when you're when you're an older guy and you're talking about this stuff, the the temptation is just to dismiss him. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand what's going on here. You know, this is what the kids like or whatever. But I think objectively speaking, we can see the problem here. Keeping in mind that these are successors of the apostles, what are we to make of this little Salome here who shows absolutely no respect at all to the princes of the church, apparently as part of the show? Ch check her out. Salome's dancing right before mass. Now, now look at this. I mean, you can see she, she's almost bumping into fully vested princes of the church. And, and they, in turn, are sort of stepping out of her way as she rides about, midriff showing, you know, <laughs> sort of like a seductive, almost a striptease, right? And then, then little Salome even gets a big hug from the <clears throat> ultra Christus up there spinning the platters. And what he's doing here, this priest, Father DJ, I couldn't believe this. This is just moments before mass. He's preparing the youth for the Pope's mass up there at that altar that looks like something right out of Star Trek. Now what's going on here? It looks pretty demonic, doesn't it? If you're a 14 year old kid, hormones racing and this, this creature's dancing around, writhing around like this up there on the stage in front of men who are supposed to be holy men who are looking out for the protection of the innocence of children. What do you think? What do you think the 14 year old thinks there? What's the message? What's the takeaway? <laughs> and it's funny that you should mention demonic because here's Padre DJ just a few weeks before World Youth Day. Now, you see the, the devil's horns, people dressed as witches, pagan symbolism, black and red occult imagery. If my 12-year-old if my were, were at this thing, I, I would be absolutely terrified. <laughs> and yet th this guy gets a golden invite from the Vatican to be at World Youth Day with the full blessing and approval of the Pope. Does that look Catholic to you at all? And does anything about this look Christian? Would you really want your children involved with a priest that's doing this? No. So why does Pope Francis have no problem with this? Dan, I'm looking at you. You almost fell off your chair. Dan. I was hoping the camera wasn't on me. <laughs> I'm sorry it was. Dan, here, here's my you know, thing. There's a scene in, in, in uh, Sense of a Woman uh, where... where um, um, I forget the actor's name. He's playing a blind man, Vietnam veteran, crusty old guy. And he says, if I were half the man I was 10 years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. And, and that, <laughs> Someone needs to take a flamethrower to that. That is absolutely diabolic and, and uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, one thing, like look, my dad would have an adjective uh, when he would talk about certain priests back in the 70s and 80s, and the adjective in the blue-collar Gran Torino adjective was goofy, right? Now you, there is some. The first section was just goofy. Yeah. This section section is just evil. 
And, and as right. somebody that works with the diabolic and you and you as well, that you, you, you know, you and I both work with cases and we've worked with cases. We, you, you know, um, this is there, there's no separating the symbolism of red horns, witches, hats, scantily clad teenagers and that music. Now, there's no way you can put a Roman collar on it, but it's 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 lipstick on a pig. Uh, there's just no separating out the occult symbolism of it. And, and this is actually this is actually sacred performance. What's taking place is sacred performance. Paganism has always embedded itself and expressed itself through sacred dance. They've always mm -hmm. told the ancestral stories through sacred dance in various forms. This is exactly what it does. This is why we don't do sacred dance. Right. This is this is why we, we, we should. Every time I hear this at a, at a parish, I hear the Lord of the dance. I want to rend my garments because this is not <laughs> what we do as Catholics. Jesus didn't dance on the cross and then dance into eternity. He did not. He suffered and died on the cross. We need to reclaim the language of evangelization, the language of theology and the language of the church. Dan, Otherwise, anything goes. As you see, anything goes. <laughs> at this point, if, if, if the overarching principle is don't evangelize and we want to be relevant, well, Satanism is very popular and relevant now, especially young, among women, young women. Dan, how can anybody collect their thoughts and, 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 and you know, ease their passions, calm their passions and appetites right before mass with that type of music. That type right. of music is meant to trigger you sexually. Exactly. It's got the thump, 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 thump. It's, it's, there's a reason for that music. You've got a bunch of young teenagers whose hormones are raging and you're playing that before holy mass. Are you kidding me? Exactly. If, if, <clears throat> If the church is actually correct in the Council of Trent, if that council is at all a, 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 a binding council, the Council of Trent said that the, that the Holy Mass is an unbloody, sacred representation of Calvary. Can you imagine a techno concert taking place at the foot of the cross? Can you imagine joking, clapping? Pope Benedict, when he, uh, the spirit of the liturgy, he wrote as Cardinal Ratzinger, he says, whenever you hear clapping, clapping at Mass, We've realized, he said, you realize that that man, not God, has become the center of our worship. And this is Pope Ratzinger. And he says that when you hear that, too often our liturgies, it becomes a dance about the golden calf in the festival of self-affirmation. You want to look at that again, that, that Michael Matt, who's a good man, look what he put out. And, and when he just, that video from the pre-mass prior to, 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 to uh, um, the mass at World Youth Day, this is a dance about the golden calf. That's an apis ritualistic type dance, just as a golden calf. And the festival is self-affirmation. Look at us. We are church. We are special. We are special. We, we are a fraternal community of brotherhoods and, and we are respectful of all creatures. And uh, this that is, this is, don't get me started. The, Don't get me started. At the very least, I agree yeah. with everything you said, obviously, but at the very least, at least it's sacrilege because it's a misuse of his consecrated hands. He's yeah. spinning records, secular records that trigger sexual passions with consecrated hands. At a bare minimum, it's sacrilege or it may even be just full-blown diabolic. Well, and it's liturgical. Everything that a, pri a priest's hands are, are, are anointed and they're sacred. The demon sees this, uh, you know, uh, I, I've seen it multiple times again and again in session. The imposition of a priest's hands uh, uh, upon an afflicted person is powerful. 
recognizes that. So the priest hands are sacred. When a priest dies, I was actually present um, at the final anointing and the death of, of, of my former pastor. And he, the, another, a younger priest went to, to give him the, the, the uh, and he put his hands out because every, you know, every Friday he anoints lay people and they put their hands out and he puts his hands out and the, 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 the younger priest took his hands and he turned them upside down. He says, no, Father, your hands are already anointed. You are a priest of the And he anointed the back of his hands, which is, which is uh, a custom among priests to, when they're anointed, the back of their hands, because those hands are sacred. My hands are not sacred, right? Your hands are not sacred. Um, so the priest's hands are sacred. And everything those priestly hands do have a liturgical effect, have a liturgical symbolic imp, uh, import. <laughs> When people come up to me, Dan, after conferences, Jesse, that was a great talk. Jesse, can you, can you pray for me? Can you lay hands on me? And I just tell them exactly what you said. I said, my, I'll, I'll pray for you, but my hands aren't consecrated. I can't lay hands on you. They go, what? I said, yeah. These, I said, these hands spent 20 year, over 20 years putting handcuffs on people and 10 years punching people in the face. My hands aren't sacred. I said, but I'll... Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll my, my same thing. My hands had every single finger on every single hand had some something on the cyclic and the collective that controlled something armaments, rockets, bullets, not to mention, not to mention how many times I've, you know, uh, blood from these hands. These are not sacred hands. A priest's hands are sacred. Yeah. We have to return hey, to that. Hey, Dan, up, the priesthood. up next, we're going to talk about nefarious and his encounter with a Catholic priest in the movie. I want to get your take. Stick around. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Wednesday War College. We're back. Jess Romero, Dr. Nash Schneider. I want to show hey, you. A hey, before scene. we go, I, I, I want to. Um, I want to also highlight the, the 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 not only the dancers, the court jester with the globe. That's very that's that's very Luciferian ah. uh, with the globe in her hands, and then the fire handlers and fire breathers. Mm. They had you know, um, yeah. I, this is just this is beyond this is beyond hope. Uh, this this beyond redemption. It's beyond redemption. Yeah, there, there's no way to to justify that liturgically within a Catholic context. It's everything. Yeah. Everything there was what they do in rave concerts or under these underground, you know, uh, concerts. Uh, that has nothing to do with the Catholic faith. And I'm telling you, shame on Father Padre. I'm going to say it. Shame on you, Father yeah. Padre. You need to go relearn your Catholic faith. That was disgraceful. What you've done. And that's shameful. And I hope you've gone to confession. I hope you repent. And I hope you, I hope you yeah. retire your DJ equipment. Yeah, here's here. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, get you. Yeah, exactly. This uh, uh, I got a, a, a somebody on listening online. He says, listening online. Wow. Oh wow. Is this how we prepare for mass? This is how. This is not how we prepare for holy mass. Obviously, the demonic isn't playing, and they're playing the mass into concentrating our youth. Uh, consecrating our youth to evil. The bishop's presence, uh, um, they, they should not allow this to happen. Um, they are a green light to the evil and their silence speaks volumes. Um, yeah, again, absolutely. it's, it's after approval. I mean, again, I, I, I go back to, to the, uh, uh, you know, if I were half the man I was 10 years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place, you know? I mean, <laughs> uh, sense of a woman. So, yeah, so, so we have to, again, 
understand uh, the the dignity of the office of we're losing that. We're losing that. Alter Christus, another Christ that says Alter, everything. Alter Christus, in persona Christi. Can you imagine Jesus doing it out of rave, let alone DJing and singing Kumbaya out of rave? And, and blowing, fire out, blowing fire out of his mouth. Yeah. yeah, there was only one person blowing fire at Calvary, and that was the demon. <laughs> yeah, but, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Imagine if they did that before Calvary. Yeah. Hey. Good cut. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Then I want to switch gears. I want to show. <laughs> I like I wanna... it when we make you laugh, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> I want to put a small little clip of the new, the, the, the movie Nefarious. It's uh, it was a movie that came out a few months ago, written by writer, director, Carrie Solomon, Chuck Konzelman, both practicing Catholics. I think this movie really exposes the diabolical powers as they are. Uh, Carrie Solomon and Chuck and Chuck, Kozleman, uh people probably you've, you've heard of their mo other movies, God is Dead 1, God is Dead 2, Unplanned. But uh, here's the plot of this film, and I want, I want some comments from Dan. So Edward Brady is going to, he's scheduled for execution on, on death row. He's a convicted serial killer. He's getting the psychiatric evaluation, which, which he claims, he claims he's a demon. And uh, he further claims that over time, he tells a psychiatrist, Dr. James Martin, it's like he says that you're going to commit three murders of your own before uh, before you leave this place today. So they're having a conversation. And I just want you to hear the conversation between Nefarious, a demon and the psychiatrist. And again, the way uh, and, and, and specifically this, a priest walks in and the demon recognizes the dignity and the power of the priesthood. But then quickly Nefarious sees that the priest is a woke liberal priest, and uh, and then you'll see what happens next. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? <laughs> Nobody wants you here, priest! Nobody needs you! On the contrary, I invited him here. Thank you for coming. Father Lewis. I'm fine with Mr. Lewis. Hello. Dr. James Martin, have you, um, have you met with him before? No. I've tried. He's always refused spiritual counseling. What do you want with me, son of God? Come here to torture me before the appointed time? He claims he's a demon. Carpenter sends you to gloat. Unfortunately for you, I'm not one that can be cast out so easily, though, am I? Sanity always has been an issue here, hasn't it? Sadly, movies and TV have filled our heads with images that are largely metaphorical, aren't meant to be taken literally. I'm not here to hurt you, Edward. I'm here to help you, to put you at your ease, to make sure you're comfortable. Personally, I've never met a demon. I've never been part of an exorcism, nor do I expect to be. Many of the things that bother us are just our own fears and disordered thoughts. Consider demonic possession to be a possibility. Our understanding has evolved beyond that. 
appreciate you telling me that. I feel... I feel much better. And Lou... I was wrong about you. I should have had you come and visit sooner. But I'm... glad that you did. I, I, I'm glad that we're all getting along. Would you like me to stay? No, we're done. Um. Wow. <laughs> so, so you see that uh, this movie clearly demonstrates that the, the demons recognize the dignity, the power, and the holy orders of the Catholic priesthood. But the demon also understands when you open your mouth and you start projecting your thoughts back at the demon. Uh, Nefarious found out that this this demon, Father Lou, that he was... No, just Whoa. Lou. <laughs> I'm okay with Lou, he said. And I love the rainbow stole, by the way. Nice touch. Then the demon discovered immediately upon, you know, the, 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 the Lou coming into the jail cell that he was not a holy Catholic priest and Orthodox. He was a woke liberal Catholic priest. And this conversation to me, it shows that woke liberal Catholic priests, whether they know it or not, they're actually agents of Satan. Yeah, I, I, I think I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the scene is very telling. Um, uh, it, it, it's very telling it, 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 it's an artistic display, a representation of what we see working in the ministry of exorcism, um, particularly the way that seeing the way the demon uh, sees the Catholic priest. Um, rec he recognizes here that the priest was no threat. And, and, and um, when, a demon, when a priest is compromised, specifically the mortal sin, he's no longer a, th he's no longer a threat to the enemy um, because he's been compromised. I've seen that as well. And so have you. So, yep. but um what he sees uh, is, is what most Catholics don't see. We tend to judge uh, by what we see on the outside. This is from St. Ambrose, um, from one of his treatises on the mysteries, uh, a catechesis for the rite of baptism. Two quotes I want to do here. He's, he's talking about catechumens coming into baptized. He says, do not consider the merits of the individual, but the office of the priest. Officia sacerdotum, the office of priesthood. If you do look at merits, consider the merits of Peter and also Paul in the same way you consider the merits of Elijah. They have handed down to us the ancient, the sacrament which they received from the Lord Jesus. And in reference to Elijah, he later says he's going to bring down fire from heaven, right? Like Elijah. In another area, he says, you must not judge, you must judge him, meaning the priest, not by his appearance, but by his office. Uh, non said munere, the munus, the office of priesthood. You must judge him by his office. Remember what he handed on to you, weigh his value, and acknowledge his standing. Uh, um, so, and through, uh, and, and through that, you entered, you entered baptism, he says, to confront your enemy, for you intended to renounce him to his face. You turned to the east, for no one who, re for one who renounces the devil turns towards Christ and fixes his gaze forever. But look at the office, his appearance. And the demon in this scene uh, saw the priest and saw that 
and saw the office and immediately was threatened. And only when the priest revealed that he doesn't believe in the devil, it's a metaphor, which is which it's in itself is, is heresy because the church and the catechism very clearly states that we believe in a personified evil, meaning the devil is a person, not just a metaphor for the evil that exists within us. We haven't evolved beyond that understanding. Certain, certain um, theologians and priests uh, uh, um, and academics may have evolved beyond that, but the enemy hasn't evolved beyond that. And he takes advantage of that mentality. Yeah, ter uh, Terry. <laughs> Unbelievable. Terry, John, <laughs> Jess, my name is Dan Every, Snipers. Nice to meet you. I know it's the first time I'm, I've been on the show. I'm calling you everything but Dan today. <laughs> hey, I've been called a lot worse, man. So I'll take Terry. I'll take John Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, here's what's, here's what's funny is that, well, it's not funny, but the top Jesuit in the world I think his father, um, I'll, I'll look, I can look it up. I think father's, um, yeah, I'll look it up right now. It's about three or four years ago. He actually gave an interview and said that, uh, that the devil's a myth. Yeah. This is the, I remember the, that the top Jesuit in the world said the devil is a myth about four years ago. And, uh, obviously a lot of the theologians came and corrected him, uh, fraternally, but, but Dan, I think in this scene, this is a classic case of in this nefarious. It shows the psychological war that the demon wages against the human mind. And, and it also shows the vast superiority, in my opinion, of the demonic intellect as compared to humans. Absolutely. I think what the, the, the genius of this show, and I hadn't, I hadn't watched it just because sometimes I get tired of thinking about it, writing about it, reading about it, talking about it. So I like to just be regular sometimes and not watch this stuff. But I had to watch it because I'm going to be interviewed uh, this week on it on, on a podcast. And uh, also next in two weeks, when three weeks, when you and I are going to be in Austin, Texas for the Fullness of Truth Conference, the actor that plays, I think, um, they're trying to line it up. The actor that yeah. plays the part yeah. is going to be there. So we're going to yep. do a Q&A with him. That's yeah. right. Hey, uh, st we'll stick around. We'll be right back. We're going to be talking about laying on of hands. Don't go anywhere. Does that bring back memories? I'm surprised you didn't start, oh, down man. Started, started doing jumping jacks or snap down in a push-up position or something. Early in the morning, you can feel the crisp in the air. You got to shine in your boots, your gig line straight. Everything's looking good. And next thing you know, you're on the ground doing push-ups, you know, <laughs> getting uh, getting those muscles good and strong, ready for combat. Here's a way you stay strong in combat. Let me read this before we go to the next segment. Okay. This is from San Alfonso's Liguori, The Glories of Mary. Okay. Once a soul, this that we're we're living. We used to have octaves in the old calendar. We've lost all those, unfortunately. So there there was an octave, uh, which is an eight day feast that celebrates a panoramic of feasts around something. The Holy Cross tomorrow, last Friday, was the, the the birthday of the Virgin Mary, the Nativity of Mary. Yesterday, the Holy Name of Mary, Our Lady of Sorrows. Okay. Devotion to the Blessed Mother is absolutely critical. Devotion to Mary, uh, um, uh, the the, the Montfort consecration is. Absolutely critical for everyone. I would. I, I have to just bring you this message from my sponsor, which is <laughs> consecrate yourself to her. Okay, but this is another doctor of the church. This is a doctor of the church, Saint Louis, Saint uh, Alphonsus Liguori. 
Once a soul loses devotion to Mary, there's nothing left but the darkness of which the Holy Spirit speaks. You bring darkness in his night, then all the beasts of the forest roam about. Divine light no longer shines in the soul. It is night, and the soul becomes the haunt of devils of every sin. Woe to those, says St. Anselm, who despise the light of the sun, who despise the devotion to Mary. St. Francis Borgia used to fear for the perseverance of those in whom he found no devotion to Mary. He warned the novice master to keep an eye on such unfortunate novices, talking about seminarians. It happened that every one of those eventually lost his vocation and left the order. So devotion to the, yeah, devotion to the blessed, especially for our priests. I encourage all our priests that are listening, and I know we have priests that listen to this podcast. We encourage you in your in your beautiful highest vocation to be another altar Christos. To, to really double down on your devotion to the Blessed Mother. Amen. Okay. I have a joker. Do you believe in the Virgin Mary? Sir, no, sir! <laughs> I have a joker. I don't believe I heard you correctly. <laughs> sir, the private said no, sir, sir! Why, you little maggot! You make me want to vomit! You're having a heathen, you had best sound off that you love the Virgin Mary. Or I'm going to stomp your guts out. Now, you do love the Virgin Mary, don't you? <laughs> Man, can you imagine? Can you imagine if that if that, if, if that would happen today in all four branches of the service? <laughs> oh, no. They would, they would, I love that, though. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Richard, for bringing that up. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. If, if I could say it in, 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 if you could hear my nice language of saying it, but that expresses the way that I would really truly like to express it, um, <laughs> especially to to uh, uh, those who show no devotion to the Holy Virgin Mary. I agree. And Dan, and you've told me many times that uh, people that are typically possessed, uh, one of the defects that you'll find in a possessed person is they'll have a Marian defect. In other words, they'll they'll deny one or maybe all the dogmas of Mary. They have a deficient understanding of the Mother of God. Uh, you know, of course, obviously, people get possessed through sin. But they also hold through heresy, and that's one of the common things that, that people see uh, in, in exorcism teams is the possessed person holds on to a Marian heresy. Isn't that correct? Ab- absolutely. That's why she's, she is a 12-star uh, 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 general from Revelation uh, chapter 12, with, a crown with 12 stars. She, 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 the sound, the holy name of Mary, just the name of—there's a feast we just celebrated yesterday or an optional, now optional memorial. Holy name of Mary, that that the sound cracks. Saint Bridget says, when that's when the name of Mary is proclaimed, it it it, it strikes like lightning upon the earth, invoking her intercession, invoking her holy name. Absolutely critical for spiritual combat today. I can't emphasize that enough. Consecrating yourself, your goods, your temporal goods, your family, to the Holy Virgin Mary. Well, I, I this morning I projected that holy name fifty three times before the show in my rosary. So, Amen. I I, I laid down cover fire before the show. Absolutely. Absolutely, Dan. Dan I want to. I want to uh, put a short little clip. It's a a, a a Protestant minister by the name of Derek Prince. He's well known in Protestantism. I don't know him very well, but people have told me about him. He's apparently a Protestant deliverance minister. And what's interesting here is Derek Prince is going to warn Protestants about laying on of hands over unknown people. Mister Engineer, can you play the clip? Now, I've got to deal, hopefully briefly, with dangerous and safeguards, and I have only a few moments. 
two dangers which are mentioned. First of all, endorsing someone who is unworthy. Because when you do that and they make a mess, you're partly responsible for the mess they make. The second is what I call spiritual contamination. You may lay hands on somebody to pray for deliverance from an evil spirit, but you have to know how to protect yourself because it can be a two-way transaction. Either you can impart the Spirit of God or that spirit can affect you, the evil spirit. And I remember occasion when a group of us still in the army laid hands on a man who was suffering from severe depression. We didn't really have the leading of the Lord, we just did it. You know what happened? We all got attacked by depression. We hadn't protected ourselves. So when you lay hands on somebody, you need protection. This is how, with prayer and humility. Be directed by the Holy Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Be protected by the blood of Jesus. Know how to keep yourself under the blood of Jesus. And bear in mind that Jesus said to his disciples, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Well, there's, a, there's two errors that jump out uh, from uh, Derek Prince. He said that, you know, when you lay hands on somebody, you do so by the power of the blood of Jesus. That's only half the equation. When you lay hands on somebody, you have to follow what the church has revealed through patriarchal authority in the Old, in the old and New Testament and in tradition. And you have to make sure you have that the requisite authority when you do so. It's a patriarchal posture, so it's just not enough to claim, you know, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus and start laying hands. But he did admit, Dan, about cross-contamination. So at least he, he, ta- you know, he talks about what we would call demonic transference. Uh, he says that he warns Catholics about laying hands because there could be cross-contamination. And again, just the problem with Protestants in general, Dan, is... They, 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 they have a collapsed understanding of the sacerdotal priesthood. Since they don't understand or reject the sacerdotal priesthood, and they'll say every baptized person is a priest with a small p, and therefore every baptized person can lay hands on anybody, anytime, just call upon the blood of Jesus. Uh, that's not true. That's, uh, he, 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 was, he, he, he said some things that were, that were good, but he also said them things that were completely incompatible with Catholicism. What say you, Dan? Yeah, the, we've my own experience here recently, several cases, three or four cases. You know, I always ask the question, when did this seem to start? When did it get worse? And um, at, at least three uh, local cases they said, well, I went to this, you know, charismatic prayer group and got prayed over. I, I went, I went out of the, to another diocese and this group prayed over me. I went to this faith healer and he prayed over me. Um, and so the transference of spirits, uh, of clinging spirits, um, uh, by the imposition of hands, particularly when you're outside of the authority structure, as Father Ripperger has pointed out, and I pointed out, uh, in, in the, in the new book, the, the, the Libra Cristo manual, um, that that the different that the, the the demons are are they're very legalistic, you know, and the authority structure provides protection. You step outside of that authority structure, you you step outside of protection, and you can't be retaliated against. The the barometer is retaliation. People say, oh, I don't get retaliated against. Everything's fine. I've been intimate. I had no intimacy with my husband. Um, and we basically coexist together, but I don't get retaliated against. How's, mm. How are your children or your grandchildren? 
you know, my children go to church. They're not married in church. My grandchildren are not baptized. But there's no retaliation for me driving out <laughs> evil spirits. You know what I mean? So they don't see that this is where the, the demon is so subtle, just like we see in the fairies. He's so subtle. He's not going to he's not going to show up with horns and, and, you know, and rage at you. He's going to attack those under your authority structure. And going back to what you said about the priesthood, the Second Vatican Council very clearly says in Lumen Gentium that the, the, the sacerdotal priesthood of the ordained and, and differs in essence and degree from the universal priesthood of the baptized. Baptism gives you a state of grace and, and makes your soul right with God, an ontological reality that makes you capable to receive grace and eternal life. It does not give you the right to drive out demons anywhere you want to do that just by laying of hands. And on, in addition to that, the laying of hands, as you and I have talked about, that, that not only is it priestly, it's done in blessing and in healing. So uh, I've yet to see anywhere in Scripture Scripture scholar as well. Nowhere do we see the imposition of hands and driving out demons. The demon knows these rules. He knows the rules of engagement. He likes to blur them, and that's how he gets empowered. That's uh, that's an important point, Dan. That that point that you just made, uh, that there's no there's no evidence of people laying hands to drive out demons in uh, in Scripture, right? Our Lord Jesus Christ lays hands. He heals people by the laying out of hands. And he, all he so, all he all he does is speak. To drive out demons in the new Testament. right so in the rite of exorcism there's one part where the priest lays his stole or a sacramental it says when he places his hands upon the head and he uses a crucifix or a relic and he does imprecatory commands but then at the end he's hands on the 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 possessed person or the afflicted person in blessing and a prayer of blessing and healing so, so even the priest does not lay hands to drive out demons in the rite of exorcism. So I don't know why lay Catholics sometimes fall into the, into the trap of thinking they should be laying hands or driving out demons. That's part of their baptismal dignity, and it's not. They should be doing it in their homes. Let's be clear. They should be, they should be engaging the enemy, first contact, keeping the enemy out of their homes, and assisting priests in their sacerdotal ministry of, of, of liberation and in general. Then the way you assist priests is by getting Dan's book. Liber Crystal, a manual for spiritual warfare. Uh, bring this to your parish priest. Bring this to your bishop. Bring this to uh, to your diocese. And in fact, I was giving a lecture last night at a parish, and a lady came up to me and said, uh, you know, she, she had a smile from ear to ear. She was very happy. She said, I'm going through uh, the protocol right now. I'm a case. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell, tell Dr. Dan Schneider, thank you so much for his book. I'm, I'm going through phase one, and it's working. So, uh, yeah. So, Dan, everywhere I go, People that uh, are cases come up to me and, and, and they're thanking you, Father Ripperger, and this program for giving them the ammunition uh, that they need so they can deliver. So, well, that's a wrap. Two guys that love the Lord. We are EOW End of Watch. We are out 10-7. See you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. Up next, Gary Machuda coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. We are out. God bless you. Keep the faith. Right. <laughs>